God is good. Not only should we be standing on his promises because he said it, but you got evidence that our God is good. Based on what he has already done, you ought to be praising him for what he's going to do because our God is good all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. Still in the series of deconstructing the idols in our life in order that the resurrected Christ become alive in every area of our lives. Amen. Today I want to deal with what or who are we looking to? Not just looking at, but looking to. Wherever your eyes are looking, that's who you are depending on. Some of us are looking at ourselves and we think that we have the power and strength. But your enemy, the devil, wants you to depend on you. It's like a wolf versus a sheep, a lamb. And with the devil, we don't stand a chance. But when you stand and give it to the Lord, the devil is abundant <laughs> our feet. Thank you, choir. Thank you, musicians. Today, I want to deal with finding the meaning and purpose of your life in Christ. Finding the meaning and purpose of our life in Christ. Let's read the scripture out of Philippians 3, Amplified, verse 7 through 9. And it reads as such. For whatever things I had that might have been gained to me when I live life by my own strength, when, when I, I made my own course, when I thought I was in control, when, when I did what I wanted to do and was trying to find my purpose and success myself, I've come to consider one combined loss for the sake of Christ's sake. I recognized after I saw Christ, I had it all wrong. I thought I was right, but when I saw him, when I got the illumination of him, I found myself in him and it changed everything. Yes, furthermore, I count everything as lost compared to the possession of the priceless privilege, the overwhelming preciousness, the surpassing worth, the supreme advantage. Knowing, and in the Greek, this knowing means intimate relationship. Not religion, but a personal relationship with my Lord and my Savior, which is greater than anything else. It's him, not religion. It's 
him, not church. It's getting through all the stuff that get in our way until we open up our hearts to have a personal relationship with him. Christ Jesus, my Lord, of progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted, listen, not with religion, but with him. Of perceiving and recognizing, uh, understand him and his heart and his ways more fully and clearly. For his sake, I have lost everything and consider it hmm, it ought to be rubbish, refuse, drag, in order that I may win, gain a deeper, fuller knowledge with him, Christ Jesus, the anointed one. Amen. Father, even now, move Tracy out the way and pour out through me. Touch the words, orchestrate the words that I may speak, that I may speak. Even now, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Whether you know it or not, every person is searching for something. And that no matter what they may be doing, they, they may be a drug addict, but they're searching. They, they, may, be, they, they may be home, but they're searching. They are searching to or, or have given up on fulfilling the, the void in our souls. You, you see, even though you're a Christian, it doesn't mean that you're searching in the right place. We, we, many of us have given up saying that, that this is all there is and we're just going through the routine. It, it, is, it is possible to be in the church and miss Jesus. It is possible to, to be in church all your life and never really stumbled into a deep enough relationship to, to find your purpose and meaning of life. I remember my nephew years ago called me. He was about 11 and 12, and, 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 and this was his question. He said, he said Uncle Tracy, he said, he said, what is the purpose and meaning of life? 11, 12 years old. And if we are honest with ourselves, we wonder. Because until you find that, that for which you have been personally created, that which God has made you for, you are still asking that question in the deepest recesses of your heart. Why am I here? 
describing to us the transformation that took place in his life. Here he was, the enemy of those who know Jesus, but once he met Jesus, he became this Christian that is wow. <laughs> my question, my question is what, what, what happened that motivated him even though God said to him, I am calling you and I'm calling you to suffer. Oh, shut your mouth. He didn't say I'm calling you to get rich. That may happen. I'm calling you to, 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 to do wonderful and marvelous things. But he said to him, I'm calling you and Paul, I want you to know from the beginning that, that I'm calling you, I have chosen you, and I've chosen you to suffer for my name's sake. Right now, some of us have already turned me off. Because that's not how we think. Paul is no different than us. So what is it that, that, that he was joyful? He says this in this book, though he's in prison. What was it that motivated him? Because there is a, there is, in, in the church as a whole, in the world church, especially in America, there's such a thing that they call it casual Christianity. We're casual about God. It's no big thing. I go to church. I pray when I need to. I read my devotional. We, we treat God like we're dating him. And not in him. In Galatians, Paul said, and I've been looking at this a long time. Paul, Paul says in Galatians chapter 1, he says, he says, he, before I was born, he had already sanctified me. Which means then that, 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 that regardless of all that I was doing against him, he still had a lasso around my neck. The connection was already there. In fact, I was, I was fighting against it. I, I, I was trying not to answer it. And, and, the, and the reason why I was so mad, because I was trying to get this thing off of me. Did you know that you can run as far as you want to, but if God got his hands on you, he's going to get you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Uh, from a personal spirit, I know that God will shut some doors and won't let you go through some doors. I don't care how much you try to go through, the, everybody else can go through that door, but God will block you because he got a calling on you. Listen, this, you sitting here, you being saved is not that's an accident, a happenstance. God orchestrated the calling of you, the saving of you, because he got a purpose with your name on it. One of the worst things is, is it to be in between being saved 
but have not stepped into your purpose because when you step into your purpose, it changes the way you see things. Changes. You, you can't tell me, you can't tell me that you can see Jesus and stay the same. You can't tell me that if you really see him, and when you see him, you see yourself in him. That's what he says in Galatians. He said, he said, he said, I, I, he said, he said, and, and I, he revealed to me. He, but this wasn't information. This was revelation that he revealed in me, me in him in me. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So you was in him before you saved him because it was you working on him to get him saved. Okay, somebody didn't get that. Let, let me go back. Christ through the Holy Spirit was working in him because without him working in him already, Paul never would have came to the place of his salvation. Watch this. You are already called. You are already commissioned. God anointing is already on you. There's already an appointment and assignment for you. But you know, I realize that, that many of us is waiting on the destination when God wants you to enjoy the journey. <laughs> This is not McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> you don't pay at one window, and sometimes when you get to the next window, it's already in a bag, and already something's wrong with that. <laughs> they did not cook that fresh. You don't know how long that burger been sitting in that drawer. I'll just say it. <laughs> I'll just say it. That's not what we want from God. And watch this. That's not what God wants from us. Though you may be anointed and you know where God is taking you, you're not ready for the weight of the appointment. Why the storms? Why the pain? Why the God is getting you ready for something that you can't take yet. There's a weight. There's a weight to every stage of the journey. There's a learning to every stage of the journey. Numbers, Numbers 33, verse 1. They are ready. They, they have been brought out of the land of Egypt, and Moses is getting ready to take them to the promised land. They, and this was, he said, and these are the stages of the journey. Y'all see that? And what he's saying is, it is point by point, step by step, Learning who your God is. 
is paying attention of how you go through the suffering. It's paying attention of what he's saying when you're all by yourself. This is a faith walk. And God wants you to trust him, be looking at him when, when, when he's not saying nothing. It's a waiting of dependency on him. Watch this, watch this. In the Israel, the journeys of the Israelites by which they went out of the land of Egypt by, the, by their host under the leadership of Moses. God, 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 it's stages after stages. What's this? Moses recorded their starting place as the Lord commanded. What's this? Stage by stage. Let me explain what's happening. Moses was to record every stop, every experience, every battle everything that what God was doing. You know why? If we don't mark it, we forget. If we don't make note of it, we quit seeing, we quit remembering what God did. God, God says, says that, that, that we need to be marking it writing it down, what God has brought us through. The devil speaks louder than God. <laughs> Remember I told you last week with, with, with Elijah? Elijah was hearing the voice of the devil instead of listening to the whisper of God. Who are you listening to? The devil gonna shout at you. God going to whisper to you. Why? Because God wants our attention, our ears, our eyes set on him. This how, God is intentional. Everything in your life is intentional. Now watch this. If he's intentional, he expects us to be intentional. You know, when God gives me these revelations, I, I, first I do, Lord, forgive me. <laughs> oh, y'all didn't hear that, did y'all? When God showed me another level of what he showed me, because I, I say that, Lord, I didn't know. Lord, forgive us. Because we didn't know. Now, now check this out. But once he shows me, once I preach it, we are responsible to that level of revelation. Funny how God did this. Last week, God said, journey. And I said, huh? You're on a journey to the destination. But the journey is where you learn me. I was talking to Reverend Byron Ingram, and he said, man, you need to look at this verse in, in, in Numbers 33, verse 33, and 1 and 2. If I look at this, 
stages. And I said, man, thank you. Because you gave me the other part of what God is saying. I, I, I always wrote devotionals. I'm writing devotionals. But you know what I'm doing? I am now more actively writing devotionals about the journey he got me on. Mark it. Somehow you got to mark it. Because if you don't mark it, when, when, when you are at a new stage and you're fighting a bigger devil, you're going to forget what God did back then. But what gives you the faith to face this new trial, this new storm, this new devil, this new situation, is that you go back and recount. He brought me through this. He did that. He did this. He did this over there. So the same God, the same God that brought me through this will able to keep me and bring me through that. You got a this, that God. Let me prove it to you. Psalms 103 is not going to come up. It says this. Moses knew God's ways. The children of Israel just saw his acts. If you just see his acts, it did not move your heart. It did not strengthen your faith. You did not grow from it. Matter of fact, you might be stuck in disappointment. You might be stuck that it didn't work out the way you wanted to. Here, watch this. He said, he said, I brought you through the fire. I, I brought you through the flood. Then in Hebrews chapter 4, it says, you didn't enter the promised land because you didn't have faith and all that I did didn't benefit you because it never added to your faith. I wonder, and this, this is just me wondering, I wonder if Moses writing it down and journaling what God had done helped him to see God better. I wonder that he may note and emphasize not the problem, not the difficulty, but the hand of God actively, hold on, y'all gotta hear this. God by day led them by a cloud that covered them from the hot sun of the desert. God by night led them by a fiery cloud that gave them heat and gave them light as they walk. Let me throw another one at you. In, 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 in Corinthians, chapter 2 Corinthians, it says this, I forgot the verse. It says that the rock that gave them water followed them. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. There are theologians that believe this big rock rolled. <laughs> rolled. That when they got thirsty, it poured out water for them to drink. And they still did not have the faith 
to cross over into the promised land. How about us? Have, have you and I allowed what God has brought us through to harden us or to soften us? The same sun that melts butter hardens clay. It's really about perspective. It's really about where I'm looking, where you are looking. God is always with us. God is always up to something. God is always keeping us. He's keeping us from danger seen, but mostly from danger unseen. It's just that if we're not constantly looking his way, we can't see what he's up to, what he's doing. But if you set your eyes on him, you'll be amazed at how good he is. The more you see him, the more you trust him. After a while, you begin to say, Lord, I don't want to walk my way anymore. I want to walk your way because I'm beginning to see that you're behind every struggle, that you're with me in every heartache, that, Lord, I would have never made it this far if it had not been for you in my life. So since I see you more, I trust you more because I see that you are everything that you say that you are. <laughs> I, I keep on telling you, God wants to so make you be in awe of him. He'll knock your socks off with your shoes on. <laughs> now, why are you walking funny? Well, my socks is at the tip of my shoe. How they got there. I started thinking about what God is doing and what he done. And whoop, my socks went to the end of my shoes. But I'm happy. This journey. This journey. He said the eye is the lamp of the body. Matthew chapter 6, 22. He said the, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are clear, what's it? spiritual perception. If you see things from a spiritual view, you quit complaining so much. How can we complain about everything when God is the one who got you there? If he got you there, he must have a purpose for you. Maybe if we quit complaining and start trusting and thanking him, he will bring it to pass what he's trying to do. Many times God is waiting on us. Hold on, the children of Israel. We can't take them. We're like grasshoppers compared to them. You know, you know, and God is saying, what? 
I never told you to fight the battle anyway. I told you I will fight your battle. I told you that I would do it. All I want you to do is trust me. I never told you to do it in your own strength. Watch this, watch this, newsflash. He never told us to live life by our own strength. Lean not onto your own understanding, but in all of our ways, acknowledge him, and that acknowledgement means surrender, submit. You know what the hardest thing for us? You know what our biggest enemy is? It's not that person at work. It's not that person that keeps getting on your last nerves. It's not the devil. It's me. It's you. It's God, God is saying, I'm trying to teach you and grow up your faith. Because heaven is a faith place. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. Heaven is a faith place. Give me that, I don't know if y'all got it, if y'all could find that picture on heaven that I used yesterday. Heaven is a faith place. That's why unbelievers can't be there because they're out of place if they're there. It's a place of faith. He said there's, there's only three things that, that, that cross over from here to heaven. He said it's faith, it's love, and an expectation on God. So if we're not living, if he's not teaching us that, then, 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 then God is not preparing us for heaven. This is, not, this is not our destination down here. Our destination is heaven. This is the journey that gets you ready for your destination. One of our problems is that sometimes we try to make heaven down here. Then we get mad at God because, 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 because we don't have heaven down here. Hold on. He said, this is a battle. He says to Peter, after Peter confessed in Matthew 16, he says, he says, who do you say that I am? He takes them to Caesarea of Philippi is where it was demonic worship. I've been there. I saw the cave that they said demons come out. I saw the little shrines that they made. They carved into this mountain that is a rock. I've been there. And they even feel, even though it's abandoned, it feels demonic. It looks demonic. You can sense it even today. And, and, and as we was there and looking at it and you're standing on this rock, he may not have been there, but they knew they were in Philippi, uh, Caesarea Philippi, and everybody knew and feared this place. And he says, and who do you say that I am? Peter, by revelation of God, says, you are the Christ, the, the Son of God. 
You're our Savior. You're the anointed one. You're the one that the Bible talks about. You're the one that is prophesied to come. You're the one that comes to save us from our sin. It's you, that, that, that God. You, you're the God-man. God became a man to do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. You're the one that we're waiting on. You're, you're the one that was promised. You're the fulfillment of the Old Testament. And you're the one that's going to set in order a new kingdom in the New Testament. And Jesus says, it, God, my, God, my Father revealed this to you. And he says, and the gates of hell. In our day, we don't understand gates, but when I went to Israel, when they have a fortress, there are there's three levels of gates. Why? Because someone is attacking you, you build the walls high enough that they can't come over. But you try to get through these gates that are iron gates. And when you go through the first gate, there is a not, you don't get in, there's a chamber there, and their best fighting warriors are there to stop you from getting into another gate. You break through the second gate, there's another chamber there, and their, their, their bad boys are there. And you got to fight through them in order to get to the next gate. Then when you get to the third gate, you're inside the fort. You know what God is saying? We're not here to run. We're here to fight. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Adam gave Satan this world, and this world is set up as his kingdom. We are the church, and we are the citizens of Christ's kingdom. And he has given us power to break through the evil and the power of the devil. Listen, it's not us running from the devil. The devil ought to be running from us. He's given us power. We represent the kingdom of God. It's Christ in us. Born again. What do you mean born again? When Adam sinned, he lost the image of God. But Christ came that when you accept him, he restores his image in you. Those that are saved, you ought to act like Christ. You, you ought to walk like Christ. You ought to love like Christ. The power of the kingdom of Christ is ours. If we believe. Oh, somebody ought to say, I've never been so free. Somebody ought to say, I, I, I have never had such peace. What he gives us is not of the world. You are in connection with God himself. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. Don't tell me that that doesn't make a difference. Don't tell me that doesn't give you peace. Don't tell me that God will make your mind right, your heart right, if we let him. Stages on our journey. But you know what? I found out you can't get satisfied where you are. I found out that you, that you need to want more. I, I found out you got to press into this thing. I found out 
that, that you got to get to the place where you love you some Jesus. <laughs> Listen to Philippians 1, 27 and 7 through the Amplified. It says, for me, Listen to Paul. For me to live is Christ. In Amplified, he said, he's my source of joy. He's my reason for living. And to die is gain because I will be with him for eternity. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Paul, you've been shipwrecked three times in the ocean holding on to wood all night. You done suffered the beating of the metal rod five times. You've been stoned and left for dead. You had to be dropped down from the edge of, 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 of the wall in a basket because they were planning on killing you. you. You have went through hunger. You have, you have went through betrayal. You know, went through being talked about. Even Christians left you when you was on trial. And you still is satisfied with Jesus. <laughs> I got a question. Are we missing something? We have made it religion and not him. What he says in, 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 in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, he says, he says, let not mercy and, and love leave you. He says, secure it around your neck. He says, trust in, rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. Do not rely on your own insight and understanding, but in your ways. A knowledge, recognize who he is. When my opinion is as important as his opinion, I won't get his peace. You and I are in battle every day. You know why? We got choices every day. Watch this. Many times, the trouble that comes your way is an attack from Satan to get you out of alignment. When we are out of alignment, like a car is out of alignment, we don't drive right. <laughs> a car that's out of alignment, you know, you, know, you can test. Some of y'all need to test your car. If you can drive an expressway, take your hands off the wheel, and your car keeps straight, you're in alignment. <laughs> okay. If you are on an expressway, and you take your hands off the wheel, and it begins to veer to the right, I got Dale back there doing the same thing I'm doing. He's a mechanic, so, so he knows I know what I'm talking about, okay? You are out of alignment. If we keep veering to the right and the left of God, we're out of alignment. 
We need to spend more time in prayer, more time in his word, more time to say, Lord, get my heart right. Lord, help me to delight in you. Help me, Lord, to get my thinking right. Listen, if your thinking is wrong, your heart is wrong. The word of God is to make you and I compare how we living to, to Jesus. You know, you know what your model ought to be? Your, your model for living should not be Oprah. Should not be, you fill it in. We ought to be constantly getting a clear picture of Jesus knowing that he came to set an example of how we love. When you're in alignment, your heart begins to love right. Let me show you the alignment. He said, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Then he said, love everybody else as yourself which means you can't say anything, you can't do anything, you can't act any way. Let's come back and say, I'm sorry, I was out of alignment. That's the measure. We make it so hard. You got, you got to pray for an hour. That is not, that is not it. Good, you, you good if you do. But, but, but a lot of times people do that and they're checking a box. It has nothing to do with God. Nothing to do with God. I tell you, I tell you what has something to do. When God comes to wake you up 2 o'clock in the morning and he says, I need you to pray with me. I need to spend some time with you. With you. And we turn the cover over and... <sighs> Been there, done that. But it's when he wakes you up and you say, yes, Lord. God is saying, I want to delight in you and you delight in me. Let me get to this last verse. Let me, let me get here. Let me finish this up. I can't preach everything I came with. Listen what he says, and this is the children of Israel, and, the, and it's, it's 43. I dealt with some of it, but I'm going to deal with the other part of it. You know, he, he says to them, I created you. It's Isaiah 43 through 21, and he says, you know, about this journey, journey again. He says, we all was created by him. We're called by his name for his glory. Then he, then he says, then he, then he get into the reason why. After he said, I've already proven myself to you. Everyone in here should, aid, should be able to testify where God has done something for you. Everyone. Everyone. I don't know what it was. For, just the fact you're still alive. Hold on. Just the fact you're still in your right mind. The trouble you was about ready to get in and God got you out. It, it was God. 
He may have used people, but it was God. Listen to what he says. He says, he says, he said, I did that so that you would know that I am your God, the God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I did it that you would know you're precious in my sight. I did it so that you would know that you are called by my name. You was created for my glory. I formed you. I made you. He says, you are mine. Then he turned around and said, and you're my witnesses. Oh, did you hear that? He said, I don't want you to keep it to yourself. I want you to tell somebody how good I've been to you. Oh, y'all don't hear me. Your testimony is enough to save somebody else. What God has already done in my life and your life is enough that somebody said, is he really that good? And you said, he's really that good. Matter of fact, let me tell you more. That when I didn't have food to eat, somebody came knocking on my door and gave me... Oh, I don't know your story, but God knows your story. But everyone in here has a story. And if you tell your story, if you be a witness for the Lord, he will make a way of giving you more to tell. Maybe the problem is we're ashamed of your story. I'm not ashamed of what I used to do or what I used to be because by power of God, I'm not that no more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to thank God because he has done marvelous things, great things for you. You are a living testimony, a living witness that he's been good to you. He's been merciful to you. Listen, that's why you're not good enough. It's not about you being good. It's about God being great. Satan has so messed us up that we go around thinking we're good enough to be saved. Then where's your testimony? Then then what you gonna say? Oh, I'm going to heaven because I'm good. Nobody's gonna get saved by that. But when you tell them, I would not be who I am, if it had not been the Lord in my life. Uh, Somebody said, but but, I've been in church all my life. He still kept you in church. You didn't keep yourself. God kept you in church. So don't think because you a church child means you a saved child. Somewhere in being a church child, you ought to have seen Jesus. So now you can say, I know he's real. I think my mom and dad put me in the right place where I could see him for myself.
sell. Where's your testimony? Who are you telling? Moses, write. So you won't forget what I've done on your journey. Moses, mark. It was me all the time. Moses, I'm calling you out as a witness. He's calling us out as a witness. You want to know what your purpose is? You ought to be talking about the goodness of the Lord in your life. You ought to be showing how good he's been. Well, I don't want to offend nobody. Okay, then you want them to go to hell. I'd rather offend them now to win them later. Lord, even now. Hmm. Lord, even now. Those of you at home, he called you to be his mouthpiece. He called you to be a witness. Don't let what he has done go to waste. There's numbers there you can call and someone will call you back, but you can accept Jesus with me right now. You can ask Jesus to come into your life right now and there will be a change. He will make a difference in your life. He will make stuff drop off of you. One guy was telling me, he told God that I was passing the church. He said, not Tracy Venice. Because they knew me then. Makes a difference now. Oh, he's real. <laughs> oh, he's real. Do you know he's real? Is there anybody in the house know he's real? Anybody at home know he's real? I'm not talking your affiliation with a church. I'm talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you know he's real? Do you know he's good? Do you know he's great? Did you know that God made a way out of no way for you? Then you ought to give God praise even now. Father, thank you for our Savior, Lord Jesus. Thank you for looking past our faults and seeing our needs. Because if it had not been for you, if it had not been for your mercy and grace, we wouldn't be here today. We wouldn't be saved. No telling where we would be. But Lord, you called us. You, you, you saved us. While we was in our mother's womb, you had your hand on us. Then you separated us from our sins. I thank you. I bless you. Lord, help us to run on to see what the end's gonna be. 
Help us to be the witness that you have created us to be, that we'll be willing to tell anybody and everybody how good you are. Even now, Lord, get a hold of us. Help us become bold like Paul, motivated like Paul, that we recognize it's nobody but you. Even now, Lord, touch, fill us with your spirit. Fill us with your purpose. Fill us with our calling that we may run on to see what the end's gonna be. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray, amen. Give God some praise. Thank you for watching. Thank you for your support. We'll see you next week.